0: This is an all-skate, and I need everybody to participate. It's not something you need to be embarrassed about. I just kind of want to see what I'm dealing with in the room. How many of you in this room have ever flown first class? Raise your hand. Just raise your hand. All right, okay. Well, hey, let's get those offering buckets back in here. <laughs> now, don't apologize for it. When I ask that question, sometimes people will kind of do this. They're like, oh, I mean, we always excuse. Like, if you're blessed, you always have to excuse it. Like, hey, I love your shirt. Oh, my gosh, three ninety nine Target. Okay, I didn't ask for all that. I just said, I like your shirt. You know, just say, yeah, it is a nice shirt. Six more payments, and it's mine, all right? I bought it on Amazon on the payment plan. But I'm going to go ahead and tell you that that flying first class, I, I've had people literally say to me, must be nice to fly first class. It is. <laughs> it's awesome. Hope you get to do it one day. See, I didn't start there. When I first started flying, I used to buy all my... Um, flights on Expedia. And there's something you should know about Expedia. I don't don't know if it's this way today, but Expedia, you get the cheap tickets, right? And there's a reason they're so cheap. It's because the seats are horrible. They're like, well, so when I first started flying, they always put me in the seat right in front of the bathroom. And if you've ever been on an airplane, you know that seat sucks. I mean, you're just kind of stuck there and you can't recline at all. And you got this amazing smell and you see certain people walk into the bathroom, you're like, oh, dear God, oh, my, oh, oh, oh. And and then the person in front of you can recline so they could come back on you. I'm 6'6, six, six, so you can imagine, I almost, I swear to you, I almost got in a fist fight on an airplane once. And what you need to know is I would have won. Okay, so anyway, so. One time I'm on this airplane and I'm flying and the flight attendant came by with a little cart. And if you're by the bathroom, you're the last person to get served. And, and she said something like, do you want to sign up for our points program or whatever? And she said, I got something for free, like a neck pillow. I don't even know. I just said, free, yeah, let's do that. So I filled out this paperwork and I, and I started getting this thing they call points. You all know about points on the airlines, points. And, and if you get points, they said if you get enough points, you get status. And I didn't know what status meant. I just, like, I've never had status in my life. I grew up in Easley, South Carolina. Let's be honest. There's no status. So, so one day I show up at the airport. The lady behind the counter, I give her my license and stuff, and she pulls it up, and she goes, oh, Mr. Noble, I see here that you're eligible for a free upgrade to first class. Are you interested? And I said, does a bear take a dump in the woods? Um, which she wasn't from up north, so I had to explain that to her, and she finally got it and didn't think it was funny at all. But... I got an upgrade to for oh my gosh an up I got an upgrade. They let you on the plane first. You like you don't have to stand in line and you get you can put your like luggage in the overhead rack and you don't have to rearrange things and then you sit down and they serve you drinks like like if you're one of those fruit of the vine people trust me fr- first class is your way to go but they brought me Coca-Cola. Thank you very much. And and they just kind of kept and and then you kind of got to watch the people going to coach and you're like oh I'm first class. Yeah, I, yeah right I don't even know what that is behind that curtain right there. And, and that, that started happening. And I started getting all these upgrades. And it was super nice until the day I showed up at the airport. And I just thought you would always get an upgrade. And so I'm with some friends. They all had first class tickets. But I didn't have a first class ticket. But I didn't need a first class ticket But I, I, I had status. Status was going to give me the upgrade. And I got up and gave my license. And they gave me a ticket number. And the ticket number wasn't, the number wasn't in the first class section. It was like row 33. And I was like, excuse me, ma'am, I um, I got <coughs> status with your airline. And she said, yes, you do. But there are more people on this airplane that have more status than you. And I said, I'll cut them if you'll just show me who they are. And she she wouldn't tell me who they were. But anyway, do, do you know what that's like expecting to fly first class and getting bumped to coach? Like, I, I was walking through the first class section, and there are my friends looking at me like... <laughs> And, and then people are kind of looking at you like, I didn't realize it, but you kind of get judged going from first class to coach. And then I was like, that's never happening again. And I was right. It didn't happen again because the next time I showed up for a flight, they said, Mr. Noble, you have been bumped from this flight. I was like, walk me through that. They're like, yeah, we oversold, which, by the way, why do airlines get away with that? How can they oversell seats? Somebody ought to look into that. Anyway, we've oversold, but but we have conveniently booked you on the next flight. I'm like, it's convenient for you. It's not convenient for me. Hello, get me on this flight. But they, they literally bumped me. Now, I know what some of you are thinking. You're thinking, hey, Pastor Pete, I showed up today for a Bible story. I did not show up to learn about airplanes. What does airplanes have to do with Christianity? Well, it's real simple. See, and... With Christianity, specifically in America, we've kind of categorized things into status. You got your first class Christians? right These are the people that, man, they're awesome, and if you don't believe it, ask them. <laughs> you got your coach Christians. your coach Christians will go to church on Sunday and and cuss on Monday. Well I mean in our case we'll go to church on Sunday and cuss on Sunday. <laughs> then you got your people that have been completely bumped from the plane. It's, 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 it's kind of like we, we, we think about Christianity with points and status kind of like we do the airline industry. And because of that, we've developed some fake news that I want to kind of destroy before we get to our message today. But three points about fake news. Fake fake news point number one is this: the better you are, the more God loves you. So the better you are, the more you perform, the more God loves you. Now, this is not to discourage anyone from following Jesus. I, I'm not I, I think it's better to follow him than to not follow him. But at the end of the day, to think that you're better than someone because you may be more. By the way, let me just say this. I didn't say this in other services, but y'all know this service. My ADD medicine wears off, and so I can just kind of go random places. Do you know what the worst sin in the Bible is? Now, some people go, there's not a bad. They're all the same. No, they're not. No, they're not. No, they're not. You know what the worst sin in the Bible is? Pride. It's the one that got Satan kicked out of heaven. It's a biggie. What did the Pharisees deal with? Pride. In Jesus' day, who were the first-class Christians? Pharisees. I'm just, I'm just saying, this is a dangerous trap to fall into. Because I know people are like, have you ever met the person, they're brand new in their Christian faith, and they're like, um, oh my gosh, I memorized my first Bible verse. I memorized my first Bible verse. What would you memorize? John 3.16. It's, it's amazing. I forgot so little. And, and somebody will cut them off and go, yeah, I've memorized the book of John. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, the Word was God God in the beginning. And and you're just like, wait, 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 wait. Does that make the person that memorized the book of John better than the person that memorized John 3.16? Well, if we're looking at it from a status symbol, yes. But if we're looking at it the way God looks at it, not really. See, the danger is this. If we think God rewards us based on a point system, and we read our Bible, and we pray, and we listen to worship music and we don't go to rated R movies unless they're about Jesus, (laughs) then we're accumulating points, not because we love Jesus, but because we're trying to put God in our debt. And when we have a serious prayer request and we take it to God and he doesn't give us exactly what we ask for, our response is, how could you let this happen after all I've done for you? We walk away. So, so this is this is fake news. The better you are, the more God loves you. In fact, who did the people hang out with? Je- who, who did the people to Jesus? Who are the people Jesus hung out with the most when he was here on Earth? Not the first class Christians. <laughs> Sorry, that little ringtone. Most of the time it gets me, but that one was pretty cool. Fake 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 news point number two: When I, less up, when I mess up, I lose my standing. When I mess up, I lose my standing. This, this right here reminds me of, you ever play the game, by the way, I hate kids' games because there's no strategy unless I win. Then It was a brilliant strategy. But Shoots and Ladders, you ever play Shoots and Ladders? I hate that game because you hit the ladder and that's great, but then you're going along ah and shoot and you shoot back like you shoot. And that's the way some people view Christianity. I'm going along good, but all of a sudden I did something wrong. I didn't even know it was wrong and pew, you fall down. And we think that when I mess up, like when I mess up, and by the way, there's not one single person in this room or watching online that hasn't messed up. Do you know what I've discovered about people that have the megaphone and start yelling at people that mess up? The people that have the megaphone are, that are yelling at other people about how messed up they are, the reason they're yelling so loud is because if they stop, they'll hear God's voice convicting their own heart of the sin that they're living in. Just the thought. But we we think this. We feel like when I mess up, I lose my standing. So so, so I was a first-class Christian, but then I got bumped to coach because of some things I said and did. And then after I was in coach for a little while, I got bumped completely off the plane. Because let's be honest, why would God even want me on the plane? Last but not least, fake news point number three, I got to work my way back. I gotta work my way back up the ladder, and and th- this reminded me of the um I-, I love the Rocky movies, all the Rocky movies except for Rocky Five, bad mistake. But Ro- I love all the Rocky Ra- specifically. They're tied between three and four. Rocky Four, I love Rocky Four because Rocky defeated communism, and then I love Rocky Three because Mr. T was in it, and I grew up watching the A Team, and Mr. T was on the A Team, and so so I like Mr. T. But anyway, in Rocky Three, at the beginning of the at the beginning of the fight. Rocky loses his, his edge, and he gets beat up by Mr. T, and then Apollo Creed comes along and says, what you need is you need the eye of the, not the bulldog, Philip, but the eye of the tiger, right? And so he trains, and he gets, he gets back in the ring at the end of the fight, and he wins. He worked his way back into a championship, and a lot of us view Christianity that way because of what we've been taught. You know, I, I did some stuff that was bad, but you know what, God, I promise you, I'm not going to, we make, pro- how many of you have made promises to God D- don't, don't raise your hand? Got my eyes closed. You'll never do it again, and in 24 hours you paid to do it, right? So, like, like that's. I mean, ugh. so, so we promise God we'll never do it again, and we try to work our way back. And our motto is "Do more, try harder." How's that working? So, so I, I drew. I made. A, I made a drawing this week. I'm an artist. Y'all didn't know, did you? I made a drawing this week. It's beautiful. I literally drew that this week, and because I'm a visual person, I'm a visual learner. Any visual learners in here? Okay, this is going to help. I promise. Um, this is this is how most of us view Christianity, especially the more church you are. This would be like first class coach off the plane. And this is our life, which is parallel how God feels about us, a.k.a. whether or not God loves us. So we're kind of born right here, and, and I know that some people are like, no, 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 no. We are born here. We were born sinners, horrible, separated from God. You're right, and you have no friends. All right, let's get those two facts out of the way. That's why you have no friends It's because you're a jerk, all right? I'm a part of the body of Christ. Yeah, but you're the butt, all right? And that's why, anyway, God, <laughs> focus. So, so we're, we're kind of born here, and we're, and you know, kind of, let's be honest, grade school wasn't that bad for most of us. None, none of us were like smoking crayons or sniffing El- Elmer's. We, we were good. And we kind of go in and we get to high school. Hey, what's this? Spring break. <laughs> Senior week. When you rushed, right? Oh, wow. It got real quiet. But then we're like, okay, okay. I'm going to work my way got back up to coach and kind of run in here. And I kind of, my freshman year, I had a Bible study and, and this was great. And <laughs> I, I met that person. Mm hmm. But right here, okay, we started this and this is kind of going. It's going to be great. And it's okay. We got married right here and we started going to church. What happened right here? Kids. <laughs> Kids will make you cuss. <laughs> All right? So that's the most y'all have clapped all morning. Kids will make you cuss. Anyway, and then you kind of get right here. And, and, and this is the problem. This is the problem. This is how we view Christianity. God loves us here. He likes us here. He can't stand us here. And let's be honest. When we get trapped in our own head, we always put ourselves here. So, so how do we deal with this? How do we get off the perform? How, would it- How do we get off the religious treadmill, if you will, and step into the freedom, and the mercy and the grace and the love that God wants us to step into? Well, I want to do it by looking at a story in the Bible about a guy. And if you grew up in church, you know this guy. His name is Aaron. He's Moses' right hand man, or as the famous theologian Key and Peele says, "A Aaron." All right. So, so <laughs> A Aaron got. He did a lot of the miracles that Moses got credit for. And Aaron, Aaron, like, when I tell you, if you're, if you're looking at flight status, if you're looking at flight status, Aaron is like right there at the very top. I mean, <laughs> Aaron is like diamond medallion if you're looking at it on this chart right here. Aaron audibly heard the word of God. Have you ever, like, I like I've never, I'm 49 never heard God audibly speak. Now, if you have, that's great. I don't want to hear your story. Send me an email because most of those, I'm just going to be honest with you, are real weird. I believe some people, not all people. So send me an email, and I'll send you a smiley face emoji. That means <laughs> I ain't nobody got time for that. Um, but, <laughs> but have you ever heard that, though? People say, if I could just hear God audibly, I would do it. No, you wouldn't. Do you know that everybody that heard God speak audibly in the Bible still screwed up? Look at the people that were the closest to Jesus. They were the most messed up in the Bible. And we named cathedrals after them. Anyway, so Aaron is like platinum medallion. Him and Moses lead the nation of Israel out of Egypt. They're in the desert. Moses goes up on the mountain to pray with God. He's up there for 40 days, which that's problematic because like 10 minutes in, I'm like, hey, we got, we got like a food truck or something like that. But, but I guess I've had people say, when you just get in the presence of God, you don't even think about food. Yeah, I haven't got there yet. I, I'm sorry. I'm not that godly. I always think about food. But, but, but this is what got crazy. When the people saw how long it was taking Moses to come back down the mountain, they gathered around Aaron. Come on, they said. Make Make us some guides who can lead us. We don't know what happened to this fellow Moses who brought us here from the land of Egypt. Now, pause. Let's just push the pause button for just a second. This is an easy no, isn't it? I mean, God just said in Exodus 20, this is Exodus 32 and Exodus 20, God listed out the Ten Commandments. One of the first, the the first commandment is like, you shall have no other gods before me. Second was like, you shall not make an idol. So, hey, Aaron, break the first two commandments. That's an easy no, isn't it? But here's the problem. We don't know what was going on in Aaron's life. We don't know that maybe there's some jealousy in his life toward Moses. We don't, we don't know. See, we look at somebody else's sin, and we'll say things like, I would have never done that. You probably would have if you'd been in their shoes. It's easy to judge somebody else's character when you have a judge's robe. But you put yourself in their shoes, you would have probably did what they did, and even more. You've got to be real careful saying what you would never do because I'll bet you before this story happened Aaron would have said I'll never I there was no way this is an easy no this would be like me leaving today and I'm in the parking lot and somebody walks up to me and goes pass me Pastor me come here come here I'm gonna give you a fr- I'm gonna give you a free bag of crystal meth <laughs> this is the this is the like breaking bad quality right here this is the good <laughs> stuff would you like it? I don't have to go. Whew. Okay, hold on for a minute. Make a list. Line down the middle. Pros, cons. Pros. Next fifteen minutes are going to be pretty awesome. <laughs> cons. We'll get fired from church. <laughs> That's happened. Um, like I don't have to. I don't have to kind of go through that. Just, <laughs> you got to laugh. So you just got to own it if it's your story. And. Like, I don't, have to, I don't have to list that out. I can just kind of step. In. That's an easy no for me. But you know what? It's not an easy no for some people in this room. And so, so while we're looking at Aaron, this is an easy no, but look what he does. So Aaron said, take the gold rings from the ears of your wives and sons and daughters And bring them to me. Now, I can't prove this, but I think Aaron wasn't fully committed at this point. He was just like, well, let's just kind of see what happens. You ever notice that? How sin, like if that table is sin, I I can't just jump from here to the table. Like physically, I really can't just jump from here to the table. But the enemy don't want us to jump. He just wants us to be like, go get the earrings from your wives and your... You know what? Get, get get the son's earrings, too, and we'll just kind of. I mean, we'll just i we'll, we'll just kind of see what happens. And before I know it, I'm closer than I ever thought I was. And if I've been this close, why don't I just go ahead and do it? That's what happened to Aaron. Look, all the people took the gold rings from their ears and brought them to Aaron. And then Aaron took the gold, melted it down and molded it into the shape of a calf. Don't, don't we make the dumbest idols? They, he could have picked anything, a bull, a lion. No, let's make a <laughs> calf, right? And b- by the way, before we criticize him for being stupid for making that idols, there are some people in this room that you worship at the idol of a donkey and some worship at the idol of an elephant. I, I was just talking about the Republicans and the Democrats, by the way. Just, we'll talk about that in a few more weeks. By the way, for those of you that have viewed a political party as your savior, how's that working for you? Anyway, enough fun with that. So, because we, we make stupid idols. We make stupid idols. We always do. I didn't say you, I said we. So, so um, then he announced tomorrow there will be a festival to the Lord, which it wasn't really festival to the Lord because, in verse 6, the people got up early the next morning, sacrificed burnt offerings and peace offerings. After this, they celebrated with feasting and drinking, and they indulged in pagan revelry, which meant there were a lot of sex going on. Which, basically, this is Hebrews gone wild. That's what's going on, right? All the camera crews are out there. This thing got completely out of hand. In fact, it got so out of hand that, oh, that 3,000 people lost their life. And it all started with, hey, Aaron, will you make us an idol? We didn't start off that bad. But sin always has more consequences than we could ever, ever, ever imagine. Now, I think you'll agree with me that if Christianity was based on a points system, if you could earn status for the good things you did and you lost status for the bad things you did, can we all all agree that before this story, Aaron was like diamond medallion? But after this story, does he get a a downgrade? If If we're going on the status system, yes or no? Yeah. Does he get downgraded to coach or for that? Does he just get kicked off the plane? Yeah, gets, yeah, you get kicked off the plane for leading a nation into idolatry. Okay? This isn't, I slipped up and said a word that's not in the Bible. Okay? This is like, I led a nation into idolatry. But, and this is what blew my mind. In theater, in the theater, in the acting world, and my daughter, she's, she loves acting, so I've tried to learn as much about it as possible. You've got main stage, and you've got second stage. Second stage is a scene that's going on where the actor, the primary actor or actress, they are not aware of what's happening on second stage. But what's happening on second stage significantly impacts the actor or the actress in their life. Are we tracking? Like this scene over here, even though the actor's not aware that it's happening, it's going to have an impact on his or her life. Now, with that in mind, this is what blows my mind. As Aaron is sinning, like as he is leading a nation into idolatry, there's something happening on second stage. God's having a conversation with Moses about Aaron. wonder how that conversation went. We get to see it. Let's look back to Exodus chapter 28 verse 1. Call for your brother Aaron and his sons. Set them apart from the rest of the people of Israel. So they may minister to me and be my priest. Make sacred garments for Aaron that are glorious and beautiful. Hold up. Whoa, 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 whoa. God, God. You you know what he's doing, right? Have Have you seen the, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's still my guy. He goes on to say this. They are to make these sacred garments for your brother Aaron and his sons to wear when they serve me as priests. So give them fine linen cloth, gold thread, and blue, purple, and scarlet thread. While Aaron is messing up, God is telling Moses how to clean him up. While you and I were messing up, God had already made arrangements for to clean us up and make us brand new, which is why instead of fake news, we can believe good news. Three main points in the good news. Number one, God is not disappointed in you. Now, th- this right here, we, we've all faced disappointment. But God is not disappointed in you. I put this online. I put it on uh, Instagram and Facebook last night. I put just a tile up with a question that said, have you ever felt that God is disappointed in you? I got up this morning and read some of the answers, and they broke my heart. All the time. Every day. There are people in this room. There are people watching online. You've heard this. I've heard this taught by churches. I heard a pastor say one time that you, you have to realize that you are nothing more than a walking disappointment to God. I was so angry when I heard that statement. You know why? Because it's a freaking lie. Amen. The only way you could disappoint God is if you could surprise God. If you can surprise God, then he's not all-knowing. If he's not all-knowing, he's not all-powerful. And if he's not all-powerful, he's not God at all. Amen. Like This past week, I got a super bored. And so I just pulled up a YouTube video of Clemson football. I watched the Clemson-Ohio State game from last year. And I was, I was just, I just needed, I just needed football. I was like, I need some football. So, some of y'all don't know what that means, and that's fine. Um, that's, <laughs> it's probably good. But I, I needed some football, you know what I'm saying? And so I'm, I'm, I'm watching, and you know Clemson was behind for most of that game. But I wasn't sitting there going, oh, my God, you idiot. How could you? I wasn't disappointed. You know why? Because I knew the outcome of the game. God knew every stupid, foolish, self-centered thing we were ever going to do before we were ever made. And he made us anyway. So, hey, listen. God knows about the addiction. God knows about the abortion. God knows about the affair. And he's not disappointed in you. I don't care what you've been told by other people. I don't care what's in your head right now. God is not disappointed in you. Period. Which leads to point number two. God's love is outside the lines. Some of y'all, you're going to have to explain that one. Well, we got to go back to my beautiful chart. Once again, this is what we believe. God loves me. God likes me. God can't stand me. God loves me. God likes me. God can't stand me. Which puts God's love in a pretty small box. Would you agree? Yes or no? See, we think God's love is here. But actually, God's love is here. He loves us when we're here. He loves us when we're here. And he loves us when we're here. Because his love is outside the lines. It's outside the limits of our morality or our immorality. If God didn't love bad people, then God wouldn't love any people. Which brings me like the Apostle Paul. Talk about a bad dude. Like, we focus on his the good part of his life. You know what he did before he became a Christian? Anybody, wanna, anybody know? He killed Christians, including women and children. In today's world, we would call him a terrorist. Okay? It, it would be like, anybody heard of the guy in Africa, Boko Haram? Anybody heard of that guy? Murders, women and children. what if he showed up to a church service and said, "I just want to let y'all know I've accepted Christ. None of us would go. That's awesome. We would go, you know what? We're full? Um, we're full. We've got lots of people in there. We're going to ask that you stand on the other side of the parking lot. Um, what, what what am I dialing? Just nine one one because you're freaking me out right now. like like that's that would be weird, right? By the way, Paul Paul couldn't get hired on most church staffs in America today because of his record. By the way, none of our Bible heroes could get hired on church staff. Moses, the guy that murdered somebody. Noah, the guy that got drunk, passed out naked. Peter, the guy that cussed and denied Jesus. None of them are getting hired. So the Apostle Paul, the guy that was a murderer of Christians, by the way, you ever think he dealt with guilt You ever think some of those nights when he was in prison or when he was on a ship going from one place to the other, that the enemy attacked him with the images of women and children being killed because of him? You ever think he dealt with that? You ever think he wrestled with whether or not God loved him? Yes or no? Yeah. So it was the Apostle Paul that wrote these words. But even before I was born, God chose me and called me by his marvelous grace. See, here's the deal. When you were bo- right here, God loved you. When you were, but like, he didn't just love you here, he loved you before you were even born. Before I was even born, God chose me, called me by his marvelous grace, which leads to good news point number three. God's mercy is received, not achieved. It's not something we work for. If I didn't, if I didn't work for it, I can't lose it. God's mercy for my life for your life is something that we receive it's not once you read your bible all the way through and once you've memorized the Lord's prayer and once you have a necklace with a cross on it you're okay no no listen if you are in Christ today God's mercy listen I I know this for a fact If it wasn't for God's mercy, I couldn't have got out of bed this morning. If it wasn't for God's mercy, there's no way I could even crack my Bible open. If it wasn't for God's mercy, I wouldn't even have a ministry. I know it's the mercy of God for me. And I want you to know it's the mercy of God for you. I don't care who you are or what you've done. God not only loves you, but one day, don't miss this, you're going to stand in front of him. Now, have you ever heard that? Like I've heard that like like old school preachers, they'll try to scare the hell out of you with that. One of these days you're gonna stand in front of God and a video of your life is gonna be on the video screen and everybody's gonna to get to watch it. And the, I'm like, okay, just go ahead and send me to the other place. Because I don't want it, I don't ain't nobody need to see that right there. I just I'll just burn in hell. I, I'm not that's how I feel. But you will stand before God one day. And if, you, if you've received Christ into your life, if you've received his mercy, let me tell you how he's going to see you. And this is according to Jude, the half brother of Jesus. Who, if anybody had status, I mean, just being half brother of Jesus kind of gets you up there. But Jude said this in Jude chapter 1, verse 24 Now all glory to God who is able to keep you from falling away. And will bring you with great joy into his glorious presence without a single fault. So when God sees you and you've received Jesus' mercy, he don't see the video of your life. He sees you without a single fault. Not because of how great we are, but because of how great He is. Can we stand for prayer? Father, right now, I pray for every single person in this room, every person watching online. God, that wrestle with our past. That wrestle with our present. Things we've done, things we're doing, and we just feel... We've been told that we're so unworthy. Father, I pray that we would rest in your word this morning. Rest in your promises this morning. Rest in who you say we are this morning. Jesus, that we would know that we, if we have received your mercy, we are made brand new. And today, Jesus, that your mercy is falling in this place. And it's not to be achieved, it's simply to be received. So may we take the next few moments and just reflect on the fact that your mercy is falling in this place.